0: Welcome to the
1: Kasafa Show with Mark Gleeson and Nick Say. Welcome to our latest episode of the Kasafa Show where we chat to coach Leah Masango about the excellent work she does with the technical study group at Kasafa Tournaments. There's a lot more that goes on within the TSG than you might imagine and they have a broad range of responsibilities beyond assessing tactical formations. Coach Misango gives us a lowdown on that as well as her own journey in football. First of all, can you give us an overview of what the role of a technical study group is at a tournament?
0: Uh, first of all, Nick, let me thank you uh, for allowing me the opportunity to come talk about the technical study group in this KOSAFA platform. Uh, First of all, the the TSG, it goes beyond analysis in a tournament uh, because there are day-to-day responsibilities that are performed by the group. Of course, those daily responsibilities at the end of the day, they end up contributing to the final product on the last day of the tournament when we're giving prices and everything else, and then the final report. So maybe just to look at what we do on a daily basis, uh, our roles go as far as being part of inspections uh, with the commissioners and referees at the change rooms where we go and just go and feel the mood in the change room when the uh, the referees are checking cards and everything, how the teams are behaving, how are they feeling, is the morale high, such, such things, they play an important role on how they can deliver on the field of play in that given match. And then we also go as uh, when the match starts. You know, there's that part where there's singing of national anthems, uh, which contributes majorly to the, to the fair play report. Uh, we, we watch the, the players and the teams, how they behave in during their national anthem and also the national anthem of, 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 of their opposition. So that's what we do before the match. And then uh, during the match, uh, we have to start with the match, obviously. So we already need to be attentive. But even before we have to go to the to the change rooms, we are the ones who are also looking at the warm-ups. Are the warm-ups preparing the players accordingly for them to be able to uh, uh, perform on the day? Are the warm-ups talking to the mental state of the players? Are they they mentally preparing them for them to be ready to play, preparing their muscles accordingly for their fitness levels? So we do that as well. So we make some notes about such things, which we also put on our report if we see things that uh, need to be uh, corrected. But mainly also, uh, us as TSG, it's not up to us to say how teams are supposed to play, but it's for us to report on how teams uh, performed during the tournament, how they, they prepared, how how they, they played, how they they, they they defend, how they attack, how they deal with transitions, how they perform and show us uh, the effect of performance. That's what we do.
1: Yeah. I mean, I must admit, I, I never realized that it went into that level of detail in terms of, you know, assessing teams beyond just what happens on the pitch. You did touch it on there uh, about what happens during a game and, and looking at tactics and whatnot. Is that really kind of the the, the key area when trying to have a look at what trends might be emerging in our football?
0: Definitely, because remember, uh, when you are looking at how teams uh, do things, especially when you're looking at the tournaments, most of the tournaments this year, I just generalise, most of the teams that were successful were the teams that were using their fullbacks to overload and overlap, and then they'll bring in crosses, which is why you'll see, if you've seen some of our reports, most of the goals came from wing play. Most of the goals coming from wing play. And then in defense, the trend has been, most of the team have resorted to deep defensive blocks, which now takes away the role of a defensive midfielder, whereby they play a role in taking the ball out and also giving us that creativity in the midfield because now the triangulation has died and we don't see much creativity brought in by the central midfielders where they are the ones also feeding the strikers. Also, if I can elaborate, when we go to teams coming from the islands, uh, they they mostly prefer to play the direct approach, which has no creativity at all, because then when you look at it technically, it will give you very little passing rate. Unlike the teams that Preferred to possess the ball. So in most cases, especially in the last tournament that we've had, we we did realize that uh, Zambia, South Africa, their style of play is mostly the same. The only difference was that uh, Zambia were more physical than the South Africans. And then looking at also uh, the performance of, of Seychelles, which was also close to the performance of, of, of Mozambique. And Mozambique, uh, they were also more physical in terms of when I talk about physical, I'm talking about their strength levels were very high. But because uh, Seychelles had more speed, they managed to contain them, which I think we remember when they played uh, a draw. And then we gave the play of the match to one of the uh, of the Seychelles center backs, despite the fact that they didn't have enough passing rates. Yeah, with, with regards to, to play of the match, I, I know that uh, people think that uh, selecting play of the match is usually based on On statistics only, maybe how many goals does a player score and how many assists does that player have. But us at KOSAFA, we've taken it back to overall who is doing most of the work. So what we will do on the day, despite the stats, what we will do on the day, it's uh, have a list of contenders from both teams, despite the score from both teams. Who is excelling? Who is giving us a who's performing their core duty correctly with or without the ball, who also goes an extra mile to go beyond the duty. Because then when you find that from both sides, uh, our contenders are equal, then we'll opt for stats, whereby you'll find someone that has got a more goals getting player of the match on the game because of the fact that that person made a difference. But in other matches, we will have to ignore. you find that someone scored a hat-trick, but we don't give that player a player of the match award. We just give a match ball to them because there is someone who performed much better than them on the day. Because, you know, in football, you'll find that other players are overlooked, especially when they're playing in other positions. You'll find that defenders are not seen uh, because they're not scoring goals or they're never in a position where they can score goals, except maybe when during set pieces and then maybe a defender hits the ball into the net. That's the only time we say that, no, a defender can score a goal. Once they decide, you know, then you give that player. Plus, the performance that they gave yeah. on, the, on the day will contribute to them getting that award, not just the goal.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's fascinating. I also just want to go back to something you said earlier about um, the islands. Uh, obviously, that's mostly our French-speaking um, part of Kasafa, play a certain style versus the other ones. Um, do you see that kind of in the region? Do you find that, say, Angola and uh, Mozambique, uh, two Portuguese nations, would they also play a similar style? Uh, it,
0: it, I can say yes uh, and no, because I make reference to the under-20s and under seventeen, especially the males. Because remember, with the girls, we are yet to have another tournament for the under 26 in a while. But uh, going back to the tournament that we had in Eswatini, looking at um, Angola specifically. Uh, Angola, they are more of a possessive team. They, they, they like playing with the ball. They enjoy possession with their speedy winners uh, running the line, uh, good crosses. Central midfielders. They are central midfielders. In fact, within the Kosovo regions, they are one of the most creative. Even creative, even within the senior challenge, uh, the Kozava Cup, which we we had earlier last year, uh, they they were one of the promising teams when it comes to creativity. Unfortunately, uh, Angola, uh, the senior men's squad, they didn't qualify uh, for the for the for the semi-finals but they were one of the favorites because they're playing creative football. But then when you look at uh, Mozambique, on the other hand, uh, their style is quite different because they're the ones also who like that deep defensive block and kind of uh, style of football and then playing one-root football and then chasing the ball. And then then they wait for midfielders to come and join in and then only then start taking shots at goals. While uh, Angola, they can actually play and build up from the back and move along. You uh, uh, make use of their midfielders, create triangulation and take the ball out to the wingers, then their fullbacks will score. I mean, their fullbacks then will start coming through if the defensive block of the opposition is too strong or, I mean, is too deep to try and eliminate and then try to catch them through shifting. Because then most of the goals that came were not really about because of bad defending when it comes to both teams. It was because of poor shifting and loss of concentration because the game uh, in the under-20s, it was very, very quick, especially against Putin because they had to eliminate each other, uh, I think, twice because they met in the group stages and then um, Angola lost 1-0 to Mozambique. And then again, uh, I think it was in the, um, in the semis because South Africa was eliminated by Zambia, if I'm not wrong. And then they were eliminated by Mozambique, I mean, by Mozambique again. While they are still playing the style of play where they are going for a direct approach and deep defensive block, which is the same uh, approach that Costaro uh, Montero used in 2020 to qualify to go to Martin. So they're they quite different in the way they play.
1: Now, and, and if we just look at the differences that you have spotted and your TSG have spotted in terms of men's football and women's football, I'm talking tactically here. Um, do you find that the, the women's team at the, at the Gustafa Women's Championship follow similar type of trends or is that quite different?
0: Uh, it, it differs, especially um, MA to MA because uh, there is when you look at Zambia, for instance, uh, Zambia is the team that won most of the Gustavo competition in 20, competitions in 2022, except for beach football because they didn't participate, except for CAF schools, which they didn't participate and the under seventeen girls who came is runners up, uh, but most uh, what is, is, is what was clear to us is that there is a pathway that Zambia is following, because also within our report we go to an extent of of trying to 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 track the the the, the continuity and integration within teams, so that also it, it shows that that country does have a philosophy because philosophy will give you such results where you see that the pattern and style of play will be the same for both men and women. But in other, in other countries, you know, the countries like uh, when we're looking at the the senior challenge, the countries like, me, me, let me make an example. South under coach Vaseline, uh, they came with uh, uh, the formation that they would submit would be different from what they're playing. Because then it will be different from the beginning until the end, whereby you'll find that you'll find one striker and then all 10 players, they are behind the center line, meaning that they rely on counter-attacks and nothing else. Yet the girls, which we saw during the senior challenge, they prefer to play the ball on their feet. They don't play counter-attacks. They keep the ball, they possess they enjoy possession of the ball. So there is a lot of difference. But then we go back to Botswana. Botswana, the boys and the girls, even the junior teams, they play the same football. And then uh, South Africa, there are some glimpses of uh, similarities uh, within their football. But at the end of the day, maybe there is there is some track lost in the way things are done. Because also when you look at the the boys, Uh, Under 17 and the girls, there was a a total difference to how they are playing. But also remember the style of play is influenced by the type of players that you have and you have selected for that particular competition.
1: Then if we look at the the composition of a TSG, how many members generally do you have uh, for each competition? I know it might vary from one to the other. And where do you source these TSG members from?
0: The the TSG is mainly an advisory role. So what we look for is um, instructors and TDs who already have A or pro license. And then we have junior positions within the TSG. There we take coaches who are already possessing C or B uh, diplomas or CAF licenses. And those assistants, what they do mainly is for them to compile the statistics uh, during the match, during, during the matches. And then, then you'll find the senior instructors and TDs, they'll be the ones who are doing most of the analysis. So we are looking for, for, for instructors because now we are working on getting credibility on 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 the reports that we are like I mean the, the reports that we, we 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 are writing because uh, people wouldn't want to take advice from someone who is not qualified for instance or just a player or have played because now that is just one area of the game. But if someone has played and he has the qualifications and he's an instructor as well it means that it's uh he has the it, it, he has all the the requirements for them to be part of the TST. So, but then uh, it differs competition to competition, and how many teams are will be part of the competition? If the competition is big, and we have a lot of lot of groups, and we're playing in different venues. We'll find that uh, the highest number of, of, of TSG members that we've had is like six. And then if competitions are smaller, we'll work from three. It's going upwards. We don't do anything less than that because it's a lot of work and it gets tiring at times and you end up missing some of the details. So that's how we work it. But we manage to give ourselves responsibility so that we try to cover everything on a particular match.
1: You you touched earlier on sort of the trends um, in the game and the different countries having different styles perhaps. I'm quite interested to know, I mean, you've been doing this for a while now, just in terms of the trends in general from, say, five years ago to now, have we seen a major shift uh, in our football or are teams kind of doing the same thing year after year?
0: Mm, it's not the same thing because remember, even the, especially with uh, the Kosafa Cup, there's always change in coaches and all those coaches, they bring their own um, style of play and they change a lot of things, which uh, makes it also difficult for players to adapt in a short space of time while they're preparing for the, the tournament. Uh, but then I suppose that when it comes to junior structures, because that is the foundation phase of, 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 of instilling a trends or style of play, the philosophies they play, uh, that the MAs have, they play a major role because then if that is done from an early age and then it's moved to the junior level, youth level, it makes it easier for the senior teams to adapt, especially if uh, we've kept, we've kept the, 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 the coaches of senior teams long enough like for instance looking at how uh, banyana banyana did against um uh, maybe should i say in the in the previous CON qualifying for the world cup and also zambia and also botswana those coaches have been there for a while even we know them within the within kosafa so that is the consistency that i'm talking about which is key because it doesn't mean that um if we don't change uh, we become better, but consistency uh, plays a, a major role because also there is that understanding that the players have with each other and the coach understanding the players better. And then comes the philosophy itself, which they have been playing for years and they've mastered it.
1: And then now, as I mentioned, you've been doing this for some time. So how did your your journey with Kasafa actually start?
0: I attended a, 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 an instructor's course I think it was in early 2020, before COVID. Uh, during that time, I was uh, the technical director for Mpumalanga, SAFA Pumalang there in South Africa. So I was invited for an instructor's course, a CAF instructor's course, organized by COSAFA. So uh, our senior instructors there were, we had a um, friend, Hilton Smith, Kishipanga, of Namibia, and Cheryl uh, Potes. So out of that course, I, uh, I was picked as part of the top three uh, candidates. And then I was awarded an opportunity. I was either going to do the license courses during uh, the tournaments or maybe be part of the TSG. And then it happened that I decided that, no, I must do TSG. I think it was in 2020 when I arrived at um, PE. We were running two tournaments, uh, the women's senior challenge and um, the girls under 17. So when I arrived there for the first time, uh, I was given a task to say that you have to lead the TSG. The TSG. And I had never led TSG at that level. I had done TSG uh, at national level so far. So I understood what TSG was, was all about and what it required and everything. So I was given under-17. I ran under-17 and then assisted on some of the senior women's matches. And then remember, we were running tournaments. There, were tourna- there was a tournament after a tournament. After the under-17 women finished, we there was under-17 qualifiers, uh, boys. And then there was the under-20 youth. So I was requested that, okay, please, can you please carry on with the duty? Because COVID was very hard and people were scared to travel during that time. And then I led the under-70 men, and I also led the under-20 men. Uh, up until today, I've led uh, the TSG at Kosa.
1: Yeah, and a fantastic job you've been doing. Um, if we just dip a little bit more into your history as well, you know, how you came into football, how you came to be a coach, um, what is your, your story?
0: Uh, my story is that... um. When I was in high school, I didn't play much, but I wanted to play because my parents felt that I already had a lot on my plate. I was already doing music, dancing, and drama. So they felt that, no, 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 if you're going to join football, ah, it's going to be too much for you. You won't be able to focus in school. And then when I got to university, I went to Rao, Rand Africans University. I got there, then I got a chance. I saw a women's team. I decided to go and join. But it was late because already I was at, at the age of 18, you know, your development is key, you know, and the coaches, they don't have the patience, you know, or the passion that they're just trying to get uh, the stipend, you know, because our coaches were mainly university uh, players as well, you know, the manager would say, no, go and coach. And all that. So I felt that like, ah, I no, these guys are not doing us any justice. Sometimes they, are, they arrive at training, sometimes they don't arrive. And then I took it up. To myself to say that okay, if the coach is not there, I start coaching the team with the knowledge that I had. I'd coach the team. I'd coach the team until um there was a one one doctor who was a dentist uh, who came when they were restructuring at UJ. His name was Tony De vivo and he was also uh, a head coach at UJ for the men. And then he said, "No, let's take you to a D license." But then we didn't have D license. It was introductory course. It took me to an introductory course, and then I was—I uh, did the introductory course. I was a player coach uh, for the team, coaching and playing. And then when the majors happened of universities, there was the University of Johannesburg. So we became the University of Johannesburg. Uh, when management changed, okay, they had their own coaches. Then I had to continue as a player. But then I was roped in again to come in and. Uh, and, 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 coach and play, but then when they gave me my own team, I, I couldn't play anymore, which like then I think I was 30 years old. I think it was in 2000, uh, maybe 2010 after 2010, then I had stopped playing completely then focusing on my coaching career. And then I was given an opportunity to do other courses up until I reached a license. And then I was given a role as a head coach at UJ. And as I moved, uh, after moving from UJ, I was given because I was already running uh, my own uh, programs under a uh, chest trap sport, which was a which I founded with one other lady who was a multimedia desi- who is a multimedia designer. Her name is Dalia Maoban. Uh, there we focus on women's football, media, and events. So we organized a lot of tournaments. We looked for funding. We tried to support uh, female players and all those things. But that, uh, then I I received a call from uh, the national office, uh, they requested me to move to Bumalang, where they needed a female technical director. Uh, we are called technical officers. Uh, we are reporting directly to Mpumalang. Then I moved here and our role is mostly a role of a TD where you deal with uh, programs and also coaching of coaches and also uh, assisting in, 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 in ensuring that uh, the systems are in place and there the is development happening within the, 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 the regions uh, leading up to the provinces. Until then, uh, when uh, the COVID strike, uh, our, con- our contract was discontinued. And then I had to, now I started helping out with other teams, but mainly focusing on this TSG business because i wanted to excel in it uh, which is why i'm here right now and how i got to do uh, the tsg at kosafa level
1: and then just just finally coach if we just look at football in the region as a whole um do you feel like in terms of on the place cert- uh, on the field certainly do you feel like we're moving in the right direction i mean i'm sure there's always room for improvement that would be true anywhere but do you think we we are going in the in the right way?
0: It will differ, you know from country to country. There are those countries who are going into the right direction, and those are the countries that uh, take these even these junior tournaments seriously, because like I said uh, when we we're talking earlier that uh, these junior tournaments and junior teams and youth teams, they contribute majorly to how the senior teams will perform. Because remember, we are judged by how our senior teams are are performing in the bigger stage, like AFCON and us qualifying for the World Cups and everything. So with that consistency, only then we can see improvement. Like I had kept uh, talking about countries like uh, Zambia, uh, South Africa, Malawi is also coming on board. We see their efforts. And then Botswana is also good, especially in, in, in women's football. They have shown a great improvement, you know, getting to the semi finals of the, of the Alcorn, but still performing. And then with the men's sections, the, the senior challenge, the men for Safa Cup, we still have a, a long way uh, to go. But it's Uh, for us to try and take these development steps seriously because if we don't take these development steps seriously, if we don't respect the process, we'll always be at the same place that we are with our men's game. Because then uh, if we don't uh, produce enough good players to go play abroad, it means that our experience will always be limited to home. Hence, things have changed in the women's game now. Uh, the, The top three teams in the region... Or I can say even top four to top five because we, you know about the story of the Chawingas and everyone else. They have, we have, they have players that are playing their trade overseas and all of that. And they bring back that experience, which is what will help them at the end of the day when they reach the high stage, which is the World Cup, or perform better when they get to the outcome. But as long as there are no development um, programs within MAs, which are strictly evaluated and monitored, we won't go anywhere. That is my, my opinion.
1: Great. Well, thanks, coach. Thanks so much for, for chatting to us. It really has been uh, a fascinating fascinating half hour or so. And yeah, we wish you all the best. Lots of tournaments coming up in the KOSAFA region in 2023. And uh, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be fascinating.
0: But more than anything, um, I think uh, KOSAFA itself, KOSAFA as an association is on the right track. Uh, but also, we, as the TSG, we're hoping that uh, when the TDs see these reports, that they read them and come back to us so that we can engage, you know, so that we can try and assist each other into making football better in our region.
1: That's it for another episode of the kasafa Show. We must send our congratulations to Madagascar for their bronze medal at the recent African Nations Championship in Algeria as well as Mozambique, for reaching the quarterfinals. And Goddard were also unbeaten in that competition, but narrowly missed out on the knockout stages. Don't forget you can listen to more of our podcasts on cassafa.tv, Spotify, and iTunes. And you can also get the latest news via our website at www.casafa.com and on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok.